Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. What does gospel mean? Good news, man. We're going to say that until we get it. We're going to say that until we get it, right? There's too much bad news floating around in some churches. Isn't that crazy? Some churches, you go to church to get disappointed. <laughs> you go to find out how bad you are. So, um, but that is not the case here, I promise you. We, we come to church to find out who God is, what He's done, and the beauty of just simply receiving what He's done. So, um, I got up at about 3 o'clock this morning, give or take, 3, 3.15, something like that. And so um, the Lord just put some things on my heart, and I want to share them with you. And like always, sometimes I'll share from my personal story. And uh, if it speaks to you, man, it speaks to you. But I just want to share some things with you that I, I, I trust will help you. So um, let me see. I know I gave you a lot of scripture back there. I don't even remember which scriptures I gave you, to be honest with you. Should I probably should have wrote those scriptures down. Let's start with the Gospel of John. I got a lot of scripture in John. Let me see. I might start talking first, and then we'll get into scripture. So, Cameron, if you'll just have the scriptures ready, the same way that Kaylee, Kaylee gave them to you, we'll just kind of go from there a little bit. Everybody say this. Say, grace is not a topic, but a person. Thank you. Come on, one more time. Say, grace is not a topic, it's a person. Like somebody says things like this, like, are you a grace preacher? Like, what? As if you could separate grace from who Jesus is. That's like a guy asked me one time, he said, you want them health and wealth preachers? I said, I'm not a poverty and sickness one. I, <laughs> like, what, what's the alternative? You know? You're a health and wealth preacher? You better find one if you're not in the church of one. I mean, you want, you want the poverty? I can tell you the poverty and sickness ones in the city, but I don't think you want to go. Are you one of them grace preachers? Well, what's the alternative? There is no such thing, watch this, as hyper grace. We used to sing a song in this country. That still rings true. And we believed it up until a certain point. And we would say this, Mallory, we would say amazing grace. We sang that grant in the Baptist church I grew up in, man. We would say amazing grace. Listen, listen. How sweet the sound. Then we would say this. Because it saved a wretch like me. Then we would say this, Matthew. I once was what? But now I'm what? Man, I was. But now I see. Now I see. And we sang that, but I'm going to be very honest with you. I never saw that demonstrated growing up. Because as soon as Michael did something wrong, the grace that we called amazing that was lavished on all humans was then poured from you. 
Ain't nobody. It's quiet up in here today. So we taught, watch this. Write this down. We taught the unconditional, conditional love of God. Matt, we taught the unconditional, conditional love of God. Like, how do we? And people were leaving the church in droves. They'd come in, you know, expecting to find hope. And then what we did is we introduced them to rules. Or what I call principles. I don't know. It was probably seven or eight years ago. That the Holy Spirit asked me one day in prayer. He said, you do a, told me in prayer, he said, you do a really good job introducing people to the principles of me. He said, but you failed to introduce them to the person of me. Taylor, if I would have told you, do you want to marry the principles of Mallory? Them principles going to cook for you, going to clean with you. Them principles can't have babies with you. Them principles can't take photos of nobody. I don't, I don't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't become one with father just to say I have the principles of God. But I need the person of Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people have word, but they don't have word made So I want to talk to you a little bit today about just ways that we can, I don't like using the term grow, but just grow in the truth of what the Lord's speaking to us here. I'm going to insert some names here so nobody knows, we wouldn't even at this church, but I sat down to do some marital counseling one time and Ron and Beth sat in my office and they were both totally exasperated. I mean, crazy. And Ron said this, he said, Pastor Josh, I don't know what she wants. He said, I try to do everything I can. Eyes twitching. He said, I try to do everything I can to make her happy and to please her. Nothing satisfies her. Ain't no man in the room ever said that. Anyway, somebody, well, 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 well. And then, <laughs> y'all ain't. Don't say nothing, Juan. Don't say nothing, bro. I'm just telling you. No, man, man, don't say nothing in here. You just look straight at me. Just keep eye, tongue, eye contact with the preacher. Taylor, don't even look towards your wife, bro. Just look straight at me. So Beth says, Ron, I've told you what the problem was several times. And she spoke very softly. Ron says back, she says that she doesn't feel I need and appreciate her. She doesn't feel like I need and appreciate her. He went on and on with this for a few minutes with me. And he says this, she knows I need her. So what he told me, he said, I couldn't run my, now he's talking to her, but he says, Pastor Josh, I couldn't run my business without her. I couldn't keep our home without her. He said, our house would be a mess, Pastor Josh, without her. She knows I need her. And then he looked, to me, to like affirm him in that. And I was going. <laughs> no. <laughs> For y'all to never been to a black church, I was doing this. 
about, I'm about to tip out. I'm like, bro, I'm like, you is not going home with that woman tonight. Sorry, like, she's slowly reaching into her purse. I'm like, bro, it's over for you. But he looked at me like, what was I supposed to say? So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be spiritual. <laughs> she says to him, she says, Ron, that's the problem. And then looking at me, she said, I'm nothing more to you than an administrative assistant. And I want to say, write that down, write that down, Ron, write that down, Ron, write that down, Ron. But you can't, you can't say that, you know, as a pastor, you can't say that. Write that down, Ron. She said, I assist you at your business. She said, I'm your housekeeper at home. I'll never forget this. She said, I don't have any doubt, Pastor, that he needs what I do for him. But she said, that's not my argument. She said, I simply feel like he doesn't need me. And a lot of us, not all of us, most of us though, that illustration would fit for our walk with Jesus in regards to how we grew up because we feel like because of how we were taught that God needs us to do things for him in order to affirm our relationship with him. We believe that our relationship with God, watch it now, revolves around what we do for him. And we can't feel close to God because we think his primary interest in us always goes back to what we can do for him. Do you, does anybody feel the weight of that? So this woman is trying to tell her husband, I don't even have a problem doing these things. Really, it should be with you, but for you. And he could not see the forest for the trees. And to be honest with you, most of us men are that way. She was not saying, I don't feel like you don't need the things I do for you. She was saying, I feel like you don't see me for me. You don't need me. By the way, that couple didn't make it. And anybody who believes that our service to God, you know, our service to God is based on what we do for God, I want to tell you something. You are on an extremely slippery slope like I was. And I want to say something, my heart goes out for you. And that, and what I just said, we preach and teach this stuff in America. We pass it out like Sunday morning Captain Crunch cereal. And we say things like our faith is based around our faithfulness to God. I'm going to tell you something, man. That is ineffective. If you're taking notes, write this down. God doesn't need me. Watch this. He wants me. 
So I laid in my bed this morning, my baby girl's bed rather, because she got up and came to my bed. And Papa said to me, Joshua, I don't need you. He said, I desire you. Come on. Do you know the difference of what it feels like that I need you to do this for me or I desire you? I desire you. A lot of us have a service-oriented view of our relationship with God. Watch it as if he is a divine employer to us. I'm going to say it again. We have a service-oriented view of God as if he is an employer to us who will scrutinize our every effort on our job. Right? Remember the story, I think, I don't know, Luke 10 maybe? Mary and Martha, which are the sisters of Lazarus who died. Jesus goes to their house. And of course, Jesus always rolled deep. He had 12 guys with him everywhere he went. Right? you got to feed at least 13 men. Jesus goes there, and Mary and Martha are there. It's their house. Somebody came into your house like today. You naturally want to host them well. You want to get them something to drink. You want to adjust the thermostat. Are you cold? Are you hot? You need a blanket, and you want to get them some food. Martha kicks in the service gear, which doesn't seem bad. You want to serve people, right? She's not just serving a person. She's literally serving God in Jesus. Right? And because Jesus is Jesus, he's talking and his words are filled with grace. He's drawing a crowd. Mary doesn't even start serving. She starts first at his feet. Right? Bill Johnson, one of my favorite people on the planet that I've never met, he said this in one of his books. He said, Martha comes out, you know. And she's just taking food, and, and she's taking water, Catherine, and, and the crowd's sitting around there. And she's probably thinking, where is Mary? She's just still serving and going out and serving and coming back. And she looks, and there's Mary sitting right at the feet of Jesus. Gleaning. And I, I, I was that Martha, guys, where I look, I mean, I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve God. Right? This is Martha, man. She's just doing it. And she sees Mary, and she walks over and interrupts Jesus' teaching. She's, um, yeah, I'm sorry, Lord. Um, we've got so many people here that we're trying to feed and, and give work. Um, would, you, would you mind just telling Mary to come and help? Right, this is in the Bible. And Jesus says, listen. When he has to call your name twice, he's emphasized. <laughs> Martha, you know what happened when your mama called your name twice. <laughs> or some of y'all that said amen earlier, when your wife called your name twice, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so he said, Martha, Martha. He said, you're troubled about so many things. You're really busy. Mary has chosen the good thing and it's not going to be taken away from her. She 
was serving cheeseburgers Jesus never even ordered. Watch this, watch this. Because she thought that's what he wanted. Ooh. When really what he wanted was somebody to give a listening ear to what he was actually saying. I actually believe that Mary would have went and, and, and began to serve when the time was right. But our God is not a divine employer looking for employees. That's not what he's looking for. He's not looking for people that can perform better for him. Now, does this mean that we don't serve and we don't give our way? No, this doesn't mean we're passive about that kind of activity. It just means our focus isn't on that. And I grew up always, I could never say it then, but I always felt judged and I always felt like, remember God, I let you what? Down. Right? Because my serving or whatever wasn't perfect. And for some reason, the people that served the best were always the people that had positions in church. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. As if, it's, as, if, as if you're not as spiritual if you're a plumber. Right? As if you're not as spiritual as, as if you're a photographer. Which I know a lot of them, they're a lot more spiritual than pastors. Come on. Right? And I became obsessed. Watch this, watch this. I became obsessed with doing the work of the Lord. And I overlooked the Lord of the work. Listen. Hmm. So, just for note purposes, remember this. We do not have a divine employer before God is a creator, before he's a miracle worker, before he is a healer, he's first a father. He's first a father. And who is the standard for our faith? You ready for this? Who's the standard for our faith? There's only one. Jesus. Now watch this. Jesus never tried to do one thing for God. Woo! You can hear a mouse pee on a cotton ball in this room right now. in a paper sack in a corner in the wall. It's so, it's so quiet up in here right now, Taylor. I just, I settle for an oh me right now. No, it's good, Pastor. It might be a little help. Might help me a little, a little bit, like Jesus. Jesus never tried to do one thing for God. You know, there's a lot of Old Testament, Old Covenant Bible verses that talks about our effort and us trying harder, <laughs> but that doesn't exist in the New Covenant. You ready for this? Only God can do something for himself. That, that, is, that is so good. Only God can do something for himself. In his infinite grace, he allows us to participate in what he's already doing. But even that is through his life flowing through us. Right? So what Christianity in America taught us is that what you need to do is you need to I'm going to tell you how that worked. And because I wasn't trying they would say, "Well, what you need to do is try harder." That wasn't good. No, what you need to do is you need to try harder. What what do I got to do? Do I got to bring another sacrifice? 
Do I got to try to keep? I mean, yesterday I kept 27 of those 613 commandments. Maybe the day I can keep 47, do I try harder? I mean, last year I made it to church 30 Sundays out of year. This time I'm going to shoot for 37. Do I, do I try harder? I mean, I'm usually reading the Bible 15 minutes a day. Well, what if I bump it up to 25? Do I try harder? This, this week I'm going to try to cuss less in traffic than I did last week. Am I going to try harder? And trying harder never did anything in regards to your faith. I'm going to tell you what works, though. We don't try harder in our faith. We trust more. Seriously? This is raw gospel here now. You trust more. Trust what? Trust what's already been done. We call it the what work of Christ? The finished work of Christ. A lot of people were given a almost finished work. Right? The to, the to be continued work of the cross. But we have to trust more. And because we didn't trust more, you can always tell people like me who didn't learn to trust because we tried harder. Listen, you'd have been hard-pressed in the church that I was a part of to find somebody who actually served more than me. We were doing a, we were doing a fake and destiny one time. I'll never forget it. A guy that pastored several thousand people in Texas. Great church called Calvary. It's the middle of the conference, and we had set uh, water coolers up in our information. Our, our information center was as big as our desk. Uh, I mean, our stage up here, I felt like. We had set water coolers in there, passing out water to the guests at the conference. Well, half those water coolers were leaking because somebody didn't do their homework and check the water coolers. Water everywhere. I went and got a shop back, not because they asked me to. I, I legitimately wanted to do it. I found joy in serving, yes, but you know what else I found in serving? A broken identity. Because I could outserve anybody. I was the guy, when you asked me to do something, I'm running through them big quarters in our church to do it. There's Pastor Josh, he's probably, he's, he's probably just going, he loved to serve, he's probably going to serve. But it was twisted. I'm vacuuming water, and this guy comes out there as a pastor. He says, my God, Pastor Josh, you all the time serving. I look back smiling. I was pissed off in my heart. Yeah, I am. Watch this. I really wanted to be in service because this is real spiritual here in the sermon. But I also wanted people to see how hard I was serving. Now, y'all haven't never done Just I, I'm the only person who's ever done that. Because cause Catherine, because working on the nursery is not as spiritual as listening to a sermon. And <laughs> American Christianity is a joke, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> you see what we've done. You know, this happens every week somewhere. We, guys, I was doing more, trying harder, and probably more miserable than anybody else around me. Even though I was giving more. Because no pastor ever set me down and told me really about who Jesus was and what Jesus said. And I, my, once again, I've heard great sermons on all kinds of stuff, but I was never taught to trust. How can I? Would, if you were not sure if this chair would hold you up, would you sit in it? So you got to have what in this chair before you sit in it? You got to trust. Now, it might help you if you know who the manufacturer is. I mean, I'm going to touch it a little bit, right? Oh, it's metal. Okay. I'm a buck 30 soaking wet with rocks in my pocket on my best day. 
Been that way since ninth grade. I went on a high-protein diet, Alex, to gain weight. I was eating five meals a day. Now, I gained weight. I gained about 12 pounds. And I thought, man, this is ridiculous. Man, I ain't doing this anymore. I'm killing myself, gorging myself. So, so, but if you trust it, now, I don't really trust it if I'm doing this. So if this, if this give way, I, I still got something, right? But here's total trust in what is done. Watch this. We are supposed, watch this. We are supposed to be seated in the finished work of the cross. Actually, the scripture says we are seated with Christ right now in heavenly places. My legs right now are resting because I'm not supporting myself. Remember the song? Right? Dante Boy got it right. Jaira, you are enough. I wasn't holding you up. So how could I think I could ever what? Let you down? God holds us up. God has never asked nobody to hold him up. Remember last week? Suk Dio Ramdiel. You don't have to dust your God off like they do the idol gods. You don't got to pick them up when they fall. God does those things for us. So what I want to tell people, whether you've been serving Jesus for 40 years or whether you just got saved, the beautiful thing about serving Jesus Christ is he never asks you to try harder. He asks you to simply trust him more. He said this. He said, if I feed the birds of the air... Who they don't walk around singing worship songs. They don't walk around with the Bible. And but they've never knocked on your door and said, Excuse me, sir, I can't find a worm today. God's been unfaithful. Actually, they become very smart. Why like go by like a drive-thru restaurant or something and watch the birds in the parking lot? They they now know how to go to the front of the cars, park and get bugs off of them. They're not even looking for bugs anymore. I watch them, I can sit on my front porch and birds will, will land in the yard. If I had to go find a worm in my front yard, it'd take me 30 minutes. They just go right down there and pull one up and fly. I'm like, how? God's faithful. It, it, it's, just, it's crazy to me. He said, if I feed the bird, why don't I feed you, Matt? And then he said this, how much more valuable to Abba are you than that sparrow? And then he said this, he said, if I clothe the grass or some say the lilies of the field, he said, which arise today and tomorrow the sun burns him up. And he said, it's nothing but a flower or a plant. And he said, King Solomon in all of his glory was not as glorious as one of those. How much more don't you think your heavenly father is going to take care of you than he would the birds of the air or the flowers of the field? And he said, don't you know that your Abba knows the very hairs, the no, not the hairs, but the number of that. I mean, if I pull that one out, he could say, that was number 367. I know that one. He said, I got your hairs numbered. But this requires trust. But a lot of us have never been introduced to trust because we are perfectionists at trying harder. The secret of making the transition from trying to trusting. I paid money for that one. We cannot operate by faith because we're still living by self-effort. Hmm? Like legitimately. Now I want you to listen to Jesus. Even Jesus didn't do nothing for God. You ready for this? And he did one nothing alone. 
John 5, 19. John 5, 19. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. I'm telling you, the life that we live, it is the son living it through us. Galatians 2 and 20, the life that I now live in the faith, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. It is not I who live, but Christ lives in me. It's the Son living his life through us. He never, you never say, he never says try harder. You know what Jesus said in John 15? He said in John 15, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branch, right? He said, Unless you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear no fruit. He says, for without me, you can what? Do nothing. You know what the Greek word for nothing means? Nothing. You can't do anything. But here's the beauty of it. The branch doesn't do it. It's the vine doing it. It's God through us. We don't even live this life our own. God does it. One day we're going to get to heaven and walk up to God and he's going to give us a high five. And hopefully he could tell us, I had a blast living my life through you. I had a blast living my life. Some people are going to say, you know what? I had a blast with you on Sundays. I had a blast with you on Wednesdays, brother. Right? Because you never let me live it through you. Jesus repeatedly asserts to us that his behavior didn't flow from his own self-efforts. He did nothing independent from the Father. John 5 and 30, I can do nothing on my own, says Jesus. John 7 and 16, my teaching is not even mine, but it's the Father's who sent me. What? John 8, 28, I do nothing on my own initiative, but I only speak the things I heard my Father say. John 8, 42, I have not even come on my own initiative, but the Father sent me. John 12, 49, I did not speak on my own initiative, but the Father himself who sent me has given me a commandment as to what to say and what to speak. Even Jesus didn't do this on his own. He relied on his Father. Now you and I get to rely on Jesus via the Holy Spirit. You get the picture? We don't live this on our own. But this faith requires trust. I'm that, you know what, man? That's why Matt sent me a message a couple months back. He, essentially, he said this, don't quit teaching the gospel, which I don't see any reason to ever stop doing that. Because we haven't been, we haven't delved into the man Jesus long enough and definitely not far enough. You know what Colossians 2 says of Jesus? It says, in Christ are hidden all the wisdom, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ, you better get out your shovel. And you better start mining him and pulling to the surface what is in Jesus. Because guess who else is in Jesus? Jesus himself didn't try to do things for God. But he chose at every moment to live fully dependent upon his father. This, is, this has been difficult for me, to be honest with you. Because from a boy or a young girl, we're all taught, you got to try harder. And some places, that, that may actually be okay. 
But what we did is we let that leaven of thinking move into our faith in America. Seriously. Try harder. You man, Try harder in school. Study harder. Try harder on the baseball team. Do it. You even get rewards for that, right? Try harder on your job, 100%. That makes a difference. But in your faith, it can be, it can be a death blow to you. I love the song. I lean not on my own understanding. My life is in the hands of the maker. I don't even lean on my own understanding. I don't even have my own mind. I have the mind of Christ. I don't even have my own language anymore. I have the language of the Spirit. I don't even have my own walk anymore. The Bible says I walk in the Spirit. My life is not even mine. It says I live in the Spirit. I want, I want you to write this down. I had to move from, watch this, over here. I had to move from legalistic trying. To legitimate trusting. I'll make sure I spell that right for y'all. Did you see that though? I'm moving from legalistic trying to legitimate trusting. Do you know why we like to try harder? Because over here, you always got all the answers. I know exactly what I got to do. Trusting means I don't always know, but I trust. And in our faith, I'm going to be honest with you, your faith is not built around, come on, Taylor, bro. Your faith is not built around certainty. If you got to be certain about everything God does, you're going to miss it. How was Noah to be certain? Noah, I want you to go build an ark. What was Noah's next question? What's that? Well, it's like a really big boat. What's Noah's next response? Well, what's that? Um, why, why am I going to build it? Because Noah, it's going to, what? Rain. What's Noah's next word? What's that? You know what, you know what it's going to require, Noah? Legitimate trust. Okay. When is it going to rain? About 100 years or so. Mm, I don't know about that, boss. New covenant Christianity is not grind, grounded in what we do, but in what's already been done for us. Remember, in the old covenant, you were considered righteous based on your own lifestyle and everywhere you got it right. You were considered acceptable based on if you kept all the rules. Amen. But now, when I look at what Jesus has done, you don't even, you find verses like this in the Bible, in the new covenant. The new covenant doesn't start until after the resurrection, by the way. So there are things that even Jesus said that were under the old covenant. You hear that? You got to know that. If not, you're going to be trying to do some things that Jesus said that really were not for you anyway. Just because Jesus said it doesn't mean you got to go do it. He was talking to Jews 2,022 years ago. Everybody say Jews, not Jews. We don't even know context of nothing anymore. 
nothing anymore. You don't read it in the new covenant where it boasts of our effort, but you read things like this. I'm so glad it didn't say, for Josh so loved the world, because that's only going to last for a little while, and I'm going to get upset. But he said, no, he said, for Abba so loved the world. Whose love is it boasting in? God's. What about this? He said, this is love. Not in that we first loved him. But it says this, but that in he first loved us. You see that? And there's tons of verses like that. What about this one? What about this one? Philippians 1, 6. For he that has begun a good work. I didn't even begin it. Well, certainly I got to finish it. No, for he that has begun a good work will be faithful to finish it. So he starts it and he finishes it. Then what, what is my portion? Just trust him. I want my kids to know, you know, your, your dad is a great doer. I'll never forget. I don't know if Wes is even in here. Wes, you in here? No? Hiding? Somewhere in the back? I'll never forget. Wes was on stage one time, and he was like, we were, uh, I was like, man, say something about it. We're trying to recruit some volunteers. And Wes said something, and essentially he said this. He said, and, and even if you don't get any volunteers, Pastor Josh is going to come and do it himself or something like that. I was like, no, don't say that. Don't say that, even though that's probably true. I want my kids to know I'm a good doer. But one of the biggest compliments that your kids can give is, I trust you, Dad. I trust you. I don't know how you're going, but I trust you. I trust you. The Bible is clear. Jesus has done it. So God doesn't need, watch this, this is going to get you. God doesn't need me to live for him. What is my life adding to him? Nothing. Oh, but if I let the sap that flows through the vine who is Christ flow in this branch right here, man. It's amazing what you can do. I don't, I don't. I don't want to share my whole story, but from the age of fifteen to eight, I grew up in a, a PK's home. My dad was a businessman. He owned a painting company. He passed with a church for almost twenty-two years, and he ended up having a a moral failure. That's what we call it in church to make it sound nice. He ended up getting a divorce from my mom. It was traumatic to my community. My dad had so much favor. And what really he had built for 22 years was lost in 30 minutes of pleasure. And these legalistic, Jesus-loving people, for the 25 years or so that my dad had led in that community, guess how much grace and mercy was given in that to the marriages that my dad had helped restore. Boy, you want to know what the pastors did in our denomination when my dad did that? I'm talking about about Christians. My dad lost everything he ever worked for. I wasn't born again at the time, but about three years went by without me talking to my dad. He left. He moved two hours away because the shame was just too much for him to bear. He ended up losing his business. and We all worked for my dad. My dad was a painter. From the age of 15 to 18, I lived without electricity. Because when my dad left, he took the business. It was horrible. It was rough, man. 
My two older brothers immediately went to selling drugs. They were actually two pretty big drug dealers in that area. My brother just did finish his third trip in a federal penitentiary for trafficking cocaine. We all slept in the same bed, went to the same church, sat on the same pew, man. Once I, I got born again, I wanted to reach out to my dad and just try to build a relationship with him. And I'll never forget, um, I asked to meet with him, and we, we met at a Waffle House. I don't think we have those here. Do we got them here? Don't go to one. I mean, don't, let, don't make it. Don't, don't, don't go. Definitely don't go at night. And don't go on a weekend at night. Um, but that pecan waffle is a beast, Jesus. Ah, when you do this right here, like a pecan waffle. But anyway, don't go, don't go. I met with my dad at a waffle house, and um, I said, Dad, I got some questions for you. We hadn't talked in three years. I said, they're going to be tough questions, but let me ask them, and I'll never ask them to you again. And he said, okay. And I asked him all the questions that a boy would want to ask his dad, you know, about that kind of stuff. I said, Dad, why didn't you, like, go to people and talk to them? And he said, I did. He said, I went to all my friends in ministry. You know what they told me? He said, they told me his name's Frankie. They said, Frankie, if you were saved, you wouldn't even have those desires. What? Now, they don't think that way here in Oklahoma. I'm just talking about how they thought in North Carolina. And my dad said, he said, I went looking for Chris. No help. Because I gave up and I ran. The only thing I knew to do was get away from the people that were throwing stones. So it was two hours away. He said, I lost everything. He apologized. I apologized. A whole lot of apologizing. He now pastors again and just retired uh, a couple months back. He's doing really well in his life. One of my biggest heroes. But art, where we grew up, it was so just, I say legalistic. We were moralistic. We were, we had, we were, Attorneys for our own sins, but we were judges for other people's. Let me say it that way. Let me just say it that way. But my dad told me, he said, Josh, he said, I've learned. He said, it's not if you make a mistake, son, it's when. And he said, even though I was really hurt, he said, what I did wasn't right. He said, but now I give more grace away than I felt like I'd ever receive from anybody else. And he said, it was very hard for me to decipher between is this God doing this to me or is this people? And he said, I now I know it was people. He said, because the Lord was always with me. And my dad walks in great grace today. He walks in great grace today. And I want to say this to you in here. If you're in here and you feel like, man, you're on that thing where you're always trying just to do better. I'm not saying don't do good in your life. I'm saying Plunge yourself into who Jesus is and what he's done and what he's currently doing right now seated beside the Father. And I'm telling you, when you learn to live in a posture of rest, you will get more done by accident in rest than you ever did on purpose in your own effort. And now I am, I am a young man. I used to have the worst potty mouth of anybody you ever wanted to hear. 
I got suspended eight times in high school for fighting. Like this little guy, yes, I would bite you, stab you with a spoon. You understand? Because of the environment that I grew up in, I got suspended my first day of high school for fighting. It's crazy, my very first day. I was horrible, man. But the environment I grew up in, I had a passionate conversation with my wife last week. For those of you who just come and you don't even know what that means. And I said, sweetheart, do you understand the religious environment that you and I just came out of? It looked great from the outside, but behind the scenes, it was a wreck. We were young and immature, and we got married, and everybody always asked me, how's the ministry going? Nobody ever said, how are you doing? They always said, man, keep doing what you're doing. I see promotion in your future. Keep trying harder. But they never said, trust more. Woo, y'all ain't saying nothing, man. Ministry world. But I can tell you this, man, I can stand today. My life is full of flaws, but I can tell you this. I am what I am today by the grace of God. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet. I want to say this. There's hope for you. If you feel like you're on a religious treadmill and you're trying to find how do you get off, I'm telling you, stop doing what you're doing and just say, Jesus, I want to trust you. Oh, for grace to trust. I release grace to you to trust more. I release grace for you to chart trust more. Parents, I release grace to you to teach your kids to trust God. Parents, I release a grace for you to teach your kids that they're already accepted by God before they ever memorize one Bible verse, before they ever memorize the Lord's Prayer, before they know the books of the Bible. I I give you permission to plunge them deep into the love of God. I give you permission to immerse them into the fact that they are loved and that it will never change. I give you permission to baptize them into fiery love all the days of their life. You know what I tell my children every time I lay them down? You're loved by God and there's nothing you can ever do about it. You're loved by God and there's nothing you can do to ever make him change his mind about you. I tell him you're going to do great things for God, but it will never be done on your own effort. It is because you will allow Christ himself to live his life through you. I try to immerse them in the trust and I immerse them into rest. I never want them to think that anything you do you did it because of your own efforts or your own doing it is because God first loved you go as far as you can go in Christ then stop and take our breath and keep on going go so far that you lose yourself go so far that you don't even see the shores anymore of legalistic moralistic faith you want to be found in Christ, lose yourself. And then you're really going to find yourself. For in Him we live, move, and have our very being. Jesus. Jesus. You know, babies, I love them because they, they just trust. You can stand them on a table and you can say, jump. Say jump. They'll jump. 
because I see your big hands and just go. Something happens when we just get older, we start to rationalize things. We start to understand things. And some of us have, we've, we've become too mature. We don't trust anymore. When I was a kid, I thought my dad could whoop your dad. I say, my dad can whoop your dad. Ain't nothing my dad can't do. He can, he can pick up a car. He can jump a building. Until I begin to get older and I recognize my dad can't actually do those things. My dad's actually getting older. He's got gray hair now, you know. He's... But as God's kids, our dad can always do all things. The scripture says he neither sleeps nor does he go weary. God doesn't get old. He's the ancient of days. He gives power to the faint. And to those who have no might, he increases their strength. He will forever be the father, the Abba, the Papa that says, just trust me, just jump. So I hear the Lord say this in my heart. In this season, some of you are going to learn a new trust fall. You're going to learn a new trust fall. Ooh, you're going to learn a new trust fall with me. You've been comfortable going from faith to faith and strength to strength and glory to glory, but I'm fixing to take you from trust to trust. Father, thank you for your kindness to us. Let us be people that trust you, even in this day and in this age. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for what Jesus has done. Would you please, I'm asking you, Abba, please continue to take us into the depths of what Christ has done. And let it be normal for us to be a people of grace and love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.